What's up, everyone? Welcome to the live. I know we haven't been here for a while. Episode 12. We are talking about management and growing responsibilities. Uh, what may these mean? We'll get to Yo! it because now Adam's on here. I'm driving. What's going on, Adam? I drive too much, bro. I drive too much. Dude, you're Toronto. You gotta just drive everywhere. Every time I'm fucking having to drive like an hour, that's already too much for me. But that's a norm for you guys. Dude, like I drove in Vancouver, uh, what two weeks ago, and I was like, I now I understand why you don't drive. That is the most horrible city to drive in. I thought Toronto was bad. Vancouver, I was like, get me out of this city. Yeah, but you didn't have Why did? Why did? you have a highway that goes around the city to the uh, airport why do i have to go through directly through the city to the airport it's true but uh yeah thanks everybody for joining us today there's a there's a little bit of people over here and what are we talking about today we're talking about management and uh growing responsibilities as you move up right yeah no of course uh, and, and like taking on more responsibility employees taking on a little bit more responsibilities and training them into becoming managers maybe yeah yeah, yeah. And, and you know how, how was that for you like because you started as an apprentice and you got all the way while you're working going to uh, become a management role yourself and kind of doing the operations right so, so I come from management though before I got into plumbing so it's a little different for me because I've already I've already done the management side. I had a team of like 200 people when I worked for Lid, so it, it came natural to me. So when I was running jobs, it was really easy for me to take charge. But it's yeah. it's different. Everybody has a different personality, right? Some people just aren't that leader. Um, but I, I I did want to talk about like journeyman and you know taking charge as you become a journeyman or a licensed plumber. You you have to start uh becoming a leader and you have to be start like taking the responsibility to train the apprentices and not be like i don't want to work with anybody i want to work for myself right right like right that's that's the difficult part it, it it is and i think like you know as buddy buddy is saying over here not all good plumbers want to lead or boss people around as well i think there's just so many different steps and variations as you grow as a person as a journeyman as an apprentice that there are responsibilities that you may want to take that you that you also may not want to take yeah which is which is interesting i mean it's a really interesting topic to talk about because yeah. you know for us we're, we're always trying to keep the top talent right but i think you know as a management role and as a employee role as well there is keeping the top talent of who can perform just by doing the work itself and who can perform also by leading. And yes. I think, you know, you're getting to that point of saying that when you become a journeyman, um, it's not an obligation. I think we chatted about this, but it's more so that when you become a journeyman, you also have to understand that you have this world on you that is on your shoulders, that when you have apprentices, that you actually have to take the time to teach them. And, yeah. and I think, think that what you're trying to say is a lot of people are missing that point. You know, everybody always says, oh, this guy's dumb. That guy's dumb. This guy's an apprentice. That guy's an apprentice. We don't want to train him. We want to leave everything out uh, because he can't do it as quick as I do. But I think more people need to put that into a relation where when they started, how slow they were. But it's just that they didn't notice that. Well, you got to think back in the day, uh, like a lot of journeymen didn't want to show the tips and tricks 
of what they know because they don't want to be replaced by this kid that's maybe half the price. But we're not in that. We're not there anymore. Right now, we're at a shortage of trades, guys. And it's our responsibility as journey people to, you know, help grow this industry. Like, it's going to be, it's going to get tough for us as plumbers. I mean, yeah. we're going to make a lot of money, but it's going to get tough because there's nobody out there. We're not going to be able to hire anybody. So we need to start as business owners and as journey people, we need to take advantage of the apprentices that we have and, and train them properly. Right? Yeah. And there's only so much, so much upper management, like me and yourself, owner of upper management, like yourself can do. And that's why we, ha we leave that responsibility to the journey person that they're rolling with every single day. Yeah. Right? And I see that. I think a lot of people that do move up to the journeyman role and they want to get paid more that people need to understand that when they do get paid more, that sooner or later it gets to the management rules because you can't just keep doing the field work. Yeah, and you're keep plumbing, keep working on your HVAC or whatever it is, and get paid more. You will, you could in certain companies because they need the people to do the work and they have a lot of work. But if you want to grow yourself substantially and you want to grow yourself into uh, something else and you want to start getting paid more or start doing different things, you have to get into that management role and you have to understand when the workload is getting too much. It's not, and you have apprentices behind you. It's not because it's getting too much. I think some people are missing the point that they don't know how to start. Um, what do you call that word? At allocating their jobs. Yeah. Yes. Right. I think I've, I've had that conversation with my guys and it's more about, you know, you have that much stuff to do and you're thinking I'm putting that workload on you, but you have to understand that if you have apprentices for you, that's what it's for. You have to learn to start allocating those types of work to your apprentices. So it lessens your load. Well, so, so this is the thing I, I started the really group plumbing, uh, uh, plumbing division and I was doing everything on my own. And so we're a contractor of reliance and I would have to dispatch my reliance guys in the morning and deal with all the headache and bullshit of dispatching them, but also go do other service calls at the same time. And I got to a point where I couldn't do it and I couldn't do it efficiently. So I needed to pick a guy and allocate that job to him and train him properly to be able to do that and pay him to, to be able to allocate that work so that I can focus on something else so I can grow the business even bigger. Right. And that's what people don't understand. And they don't know when it's the right time to allocate that work. Yeah. Because because they also feel like, I think that's for everybody that's listening right now, it's just that if you want to grow and you think you have too many tasks, whether you're a business owner or an apprentice or a journeyman, I mean, not apprentice, let's say journeyman or business owner, you do yeah. have to really learn on how to delegate or allocate those jobs to the next guy and learn how to let go. Yeah. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of reasons we talked about in the show before why people aren't growing is because they're scared. Yeah. Every time they pass on the task, they think that the task isn't going to be done properly. And if it's not done properly, it's going to go back to them and all that shit happens. And they say, this guy's stupid and that guy's stupid. We get that. It, it happens, but that's the growing pain. Yeah. You have to, you have to give those responsibilities out to know if these guys can work under that pressure. And if they don't, that's also the part where we're going to talk about today is just about growing responsibilities of trimming the fat, yeah. right? Just because you have a lot of people in a company, it also doesn't mean that you're making a shit ton of money. No. Not at all. It's a lot of people are always like, "How how's it been?" It's like so busy. Just because your business doesn't mean you're making a lot of money either. You're maybe not. Exactly. You're not doing stuff efficiently. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like 
like we've I've talked to wholesalers. I'm not gonna say which wholesale, but there's different wholesales where some of them have 70 people, yeah. and then the other branch has 50 people. Yeah. They are making probably I don't know 10 million behind, but with yeah. like that much less of workforce. Yeah. They actually probably make the same profits, but they're running more lean. And if anything, they might even make more on profits. You know, it's all about trying to cut that fat and staying lean at the same time and getting, you know, high profitability jobs and yeah. training the right guys and trimming that fat so that you could do that. Yeah. It's, a, it's such a different world, man. Like when I, when I got into plumbing, you think in just plumbing and what I need to do. But when you start getting into upper management and managing guys and becoming a leader, that's, that's like being an apprentice all over again, learning how to be a leader, learning yeah. how to, to and like, and I wake up every day and my goal is to make sure my guys are busy every day and that I'm doing right by them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I look at it as I work for my guys. They don't work for me. I work for them. Yeah. Right? Cause really my job is to make sure they're busy. Their job is to make sure everything that gives them is done properly. Yeah, hundred percent. And, and I think for other people that are kind of thinking that when you start a trade, I, you know, what we want to touch on today also yeah. is when people start a trade, when we talk about apprentices, they think about when they start a trade, you know, being an apprentice is the actual job. And then once you become a journeyman, you know, everything, but you know, what we're trying to say now is that the apprenticeship is literally, you know, you're playing that game. You're trying to level up. And when you get to that max level, the max level is when the game really starts. Oh, it is. It is, dude. I got my ticket and I was like, I don't know anything. <laughs> like, I wake up every day and go, what am I going to learn today? Because I feel like I know nothing. Yeah. 10 yeah. years in it and I know nothing. No, like, no 100%. And, you know, I've, I've gone to deep conversations with this before and with many people, like we're trying to tell people it's never a sprint. You know, a mm -hmm. lot of people get burned out and they, and they keep saying that, oh, I've been doing too much work for this, too much work for that. And now I feel like the company is burning me out and um, I'm doing so much for the company, but they have to understand it's just that if they can't take that workload, which goes back to our first conversation is again, allocate, but at the same time, you know, that that's, that's the growing pain. That's when you're actually learning, yeah. right? That, yeah. that, that's the stuff that you actually have to learn. You're not learning to do the work anymore. You're learning how to deal with that amount of work and stress. I well, and, 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 and not have being able to have someone to turn. Well, we have a lot of people that we can turn to with social media, which is great. Like if I run into a problem, I can call you or you can call me or we can call whatever. But like, you know, now you don't have a journeyman that you work under and go, Hey, I don't know what I'm doing here. Can you help me? You're the journey person. You literally have to figure it out. That is it. And, and you know I, how to honestly, do it. I, I think, you know, the, edu the way education goes, even though there's apprentice and all those years that come in, I honestly think your journey already starts on day one. Yeah. Right. Like, I, I think a lot of people also in this school system, because it's trades, think that when they're a first year or second year or third year, that they are kind of trapped or caged in that this is the amount that they should learn for a certain amount of years. And that yeah. until they get to a journeyman, then they should learn that. That isn't the case. No. You know, back in the day it was because education is scarce. Yeah. But nowadays there's ChatGPT, there's Google. You can find everything yourself. You can learn exactly what that journeyman is learning yeah. at the same time. Because if you want to learn about a boiler and you're working on that boiler that day, you took your time to read that whole book from page one to to a hundred, I guarantee you, you'll know more than your journey. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. I right? mean, 
hey man did like how many times did you sit in your truck and like google how to use a certain tool before you go into the job like i remember them being like here we got a main stack in an apartment building that's clogged do you know how to use the k60 and i'm like yeah <laughs> like yeah, YouTube. <laughs> that's that's exactly it, though, right? I mean, everybody goes through that step. Right? Yeah. You have to know that. Yeah, and, like, and not, not enough people feel like that. And then when people come in as apprentices, they just think, "Man, I'm such a green guy. I don't know anything. I don't have to learn because some, the next guy's going to teach me." The next guy already knows that he doesn't really have to teach you as much because you should be looking for this information yourself. I just did it the other day. And I called one of your guys. You were in Mexico, and I couldn't call you, so I called Daryl. I was like, "Yo, how do I get the check valve out of this Navian without breaking it? It's just not coming out. I have no idea what, what, why." And I know you guys know Navians inside and out. And I'm talking to him, and I'm like, "Man, I feel like I'm gonna break this." He's like, "No, you gotta, you gotta wiggle it out, wiggle it out." And then I turned it a little bit more and pulled it right out, and I was like, "Got it." And, and like, I, I'm, I don't care. I tell everybody, I, yeah, I called Daryl. Like I, was yeah. like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't want to break it. I'm going to call somebody that knows. Now I know how to do it. Now when someone else calls me, yeah, I had a problem with that. I could fix that. Right. Yeah. And people are scared to do that. People don't yeah. want to do that. People want to feel like they don't know what they're doing. So, yeah. That's very true. And, you know, I think, and what was another topic we're talking about today? When we're talking about trimming fat, we're also talking about cutting out the cancer. I think that's one thing that we want to do a lot. Yeah. Right. Someone that so, can poison poison your your entire team very yeah. easily, but a negative I, attitude. I don't know if how well we touched on that a lot, but I just know that you know being a certain amount of years in business, like seven or eight years, it's just that when you feel like somebody doesn't work and you've tried and tried, and they're gonna be that guy who thinks that they have a lot of responsibilities and that they do the best work, and then they start having these mentalities where they can take control of everything, and if you uh, don't have them in the business that you're going to go bankrupt. Yeah. Those are the guys that you want to start cutting out. Right. And you know, that that's when people say, when do you, like, I think a lot of people don't ask this question enough is when do you fire a guy? Uh, that, that's tough. And I, I really don't know that answer either. Yeah. Cause I, you know, you have, you have a few strikes on people. You can do write-ups, you can do, there's all different kinds of stuff, but like, you know, I, I, I take responsibility for a lot of stuff. If my guys are unhappy, what could have I done better? You know what I mean? But I need to stop doing that and realize some people are just not meant to, you know, be the work for me. You know what I mean? And then, and then I have to learn to let them go before it poisons my whole team. So, yeah. And, and I, um, you know, what I think is also what we want to teach people. We're trying to get people to know more in this uh, conversation is that, we're not like back then, you know, as a blue collar back in the day, you tell a guy to fuck off, get the fuck out of my sight and all that shit. Yeah. Right. But as a company grows and if you're a company owner and you want it to grow, you have to learn that there's going to have to be, start having to have proper steps. Right. Yeah. Like, even though we're talking about trimming fat and cutting that cancer, we have to think about what you said before, writing a person up. How many chances does that person get? Uh, yeah. Does that become whatever they've done wrong? Was that actually a strike or do we call it a warning and what's considered a strike? Those things have to be really put out there blatantly so that they know those rules and those boundaries. Because if you don't, you, it's, you know, it really hits you, bites you back in the ass nowadays. If one all of a sudden you fire a person and they can sue you back because there's no reasoning, they can just say you're racist or prejudiced or whatever. Yeah. So taking those steps are also important. Yeah. Yeah, but then yeah, you know, I'm making them understand that like 
you know, you give someone a write-up and, you know, six months or a year goes by, whatever your terms are, that write-up can get thrown out. You know what I mean? Because everybody makes mistakes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I've, I've had a guy make a mistake and not silicone or drain and use putty instead, and there's a leak and damaged uh, cabinets. Well, you write them up, let them know, like, this was a mistake, this and that. But, like, you know, in six months, if you didn't make the same mistake twice, I'm going to throw that write-up out and we can start fresh again. It's no big deal. Now, if you do the same thing three months in a row, it's a different story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think that, you know, for business owners or for people going to management, they also have to know there has to be a cutoff time for yourself, right? I think a lot of people are, they think that they're hard. They think that they're going to be mean and whatever it is, but they, they don't give themselves a cutoff where it's just like, if this guy doesn't work in six months, we're yeah. going to fire him. Yeah. Like, I, I've had those troubles. Right. Yeah. Sometimes I go through it myself because internally you're thinking, fuck, I don't want to fire that guy because he's a nice kid. He's a nice guy, but then things are not working out. But then the longer you wait for those situations, the more it bites you in the ass. Well, at the end of the day, you're running a business, not charity. You know what yeah. I mean? Like as much as you want to have a kind heart and, and help them out as best as you can, sometimes you have to put your business hat on and be like, is this, is this, not profiting my business what what is this doing to my business what is this doing to my reputation that's the biggest thing like ruining your reputation it's hard to build that reputation back Ooh, losing so a little bit of losing a little, interesting here what's that he said always save them as they improve they don't mean anything but always save oh i would love him to elaborate on that yeah yeah save them let's get this sakaris guy in here yeah let's get him in He's, yeah, he's I, well, a, you know, so Karis is in a big management role, so I'm actually curious of what he means. We can learn yeah, it. Yeah, you know what I mean? I, I had a kid, I had a kid that was going through a lot of troubles at home and actually had to go into counseling and stuff. And I was, and I was right <laughs> Hey, there what's up, him. guys? Let me find what's a up, quiet man? spot. My kids are uh, at a dance thing, so let me try to find a quiet spot. <laughs> we only need you for five, 10 minutes, so you can go back afterwards, but yeah, I'm no problem. Curious. How are you guys? Nice to, nice listening in. Yeah, thanks for listening in, especially because you're at your kids dancing and you're not paying attention. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We have our uh, our church fest, so they're practicing for tomorrow. Oh, so. nice. My daughter's in, my daughter's in competitive dance and it's not fun on the, on the, on the bank account. I'm, I'm sitting here listening to you guys, answering emails, getting some stuff done. Nice. That's awesome. For those of you who don't know, Sakaris is with Centrotherm, and he is the. Well, what's your role against Sakaris now? I've got I've got responsibility for sales and marketing. That's that's his responsibility. So, what do you mean when you're saying always save them as they improve? They don't mean anything, but always save. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I you expect. Yeah, you expect as guys, you know, get more familiar with the, you know, their job and they progress in their career. You know, everybody makes mistakes. But you never know when something might happen. Uh, you may need that paperwork. You may not put a lot of you know weight on it as they improve and get better. Yeah. But having it, it shows a track record, right? Uh, that's what he. I've I've always kept everybody's, you know, sales and marketing, right? You guys know some of my team. Yeah. You know, you do their annual reviews. You, yeah. you know, you talk about it. You talk about how they develop. They talk about you talk about where they want to spend their time to improve. And you always keep that as a record. You, sometimes you dip back into it years later and say, you know, I had this conversation with so-and-so. Let me look back. You know, if you're going to take the time to do a write-up or do a review performance review or their annual review, uh, it's worth saving that paperwork, you know, as a record, if nothing else. That's what yeah. you know, right?
No, hundred percent. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah, you don't like you don't pull it out years later and you know hold it against them. But it's good yeah. to, to have that paperwork there. You know, over a long period of time, you can see the development of that employee. I mean, for, for a lot of people listening, Sakaris, like, I think for me, I've, I've been doing a lot of research and doing this for my business now. But how important do you think are uh, personal development plans when you're trying to grow your team? Yeah, I think they're very important. I take a lot of, I do one for myself. At the end of every year, you know, I sit back and I say to myself, you know, what, and I've been, you know, not in the mechanical side of things, I was in the electrical side for 20 years. I've been with Central Therm now for, you know, six years. Uh, I mean, every year I stop and I pause and I say, you know, I've learned some things, but there's, you know, things change, right? Social media, we're on social media. You know, how do I improve to get better in what I do, right? Uh, and every year, you know, we do a performance review with the team. We talk about what our goals were. Did we reach them? Talk about, hey, what do you, where do you want to focus your time well, next year? What do you want to learn? Where do you want to apply yourself? How do you want to expand your career? Where do you see yourself, right? For my team, right? It's a sales team. It's a marketing team. It's engineers inside supporting commercial projects and stuff like that. So, I, I mean, I think part of my job and, you know, and any business owner should, and I know you guys do it, you, you need to spend time with your team to make them better. Have a conversation about where they need to focus to improve their skills, whether they're soft skills or technical skills or engineering skills. Where do they need to spend their time, you know, to improve moving down the road? So, so yeah. let's say when, when you were growing as an employee and as a character yourself, for the companies that you were in before, did they always have personal development plans for you? Or did you ever join one that didn't have one yet? Yeah. And you kind of had to put certain things. So, so both, so both, uh, you know, in the, in the years that I worked on the electrical side, I mean, they were very, it was a big, big, you know, multinational fortune 200 company. I mean, it was part of the process, right? You would have a review with your manager and there would be discussions about, you know, what you need to do to improve. Uh, but there were times where I would see a course, you know, online and, you know, you know, something, you get a, an email or something that says, you know, go to the school and take this course and learn about, you know, whatever. So some of the things that we, that, that I attended were marketing classes, price strategy classes, uh, you know, a bunch of different stuff. So, you know, and I look back at those, I mean, I, you know, you do them at business schools, uh, they started the music back up when we moved. So, uh, you know, they, you know, I have the reference material still. I, I still sometimes tap into that information, you know, depending yeah. on what what I'm thinking about. So for all for all the people listening, where I want to really get to that main point is that in the companies that didn't do these development plans and they didn't know how to trim their fat, how significant was that as a difference when you moved to a company that actually started doing? Yeah. Like. So, do you actually uh, see an increase in your sales and you see an increase in productivity and all that together? Or, you know, give us, a, give, give us something. Yeah, so I'll give you some comparisons, right? So my first job out of school, I started off as an inside salesperson at a distributor, right? Uh, and they were, it was a small single location distributor. I started off and, you know, supporting the residential market. Then I moved to the commercial market. Then I moved to the industrial market. But I did that when I was applying myself, right? They didn't have a formal program. Then I went to work for the, the manufacturer. Uh, it was a competitive manufacturer to the distributor that was selling a different electrical brand. 
so the, the distributor that I was working for was a Siemens distributor, and I went to work for a square company, Schneider Electric, right? So circuit breakers, safety switches, you know, uh, contactors, all kinds of different electrical stuff. Uh, so when I got there, I mean, it was part of your development. And I found, you know, like the pricing strategy, the sales uh, process, uh, you know, courses that I took. They helped me look at what I was doing as I was progressing and, you know, make the company better, advance my career. Uh, and, you know, you guys as technicians in the field and your team, you know, they should be, there's my kids. Uh, one second, buddy. Uh, I'm here. I'm on the call. So, uh, so, it, you know, love it, the dedication. Love yeah, the dedication. So, uh, I found that it helped me advance my career and it helped advance, you know, the business or the division that I was working for. So it's important as technicians, yeah. Yeah. you know, as, you know, people, you know, with, you know, working in the field, you know, with tools or working, managing your business, I would act, I would strongly recommend that you guys, you know, look at that for your employees and for yourself. I still yeah. do, you know, and yeah. I've been doing similar shit for, you know, 25 plus years now. That's, that's great, dude. Thank, thank you so much for uh, popping by. I really appreciate that. Cigar. Yeah, I always enjoy listening in. So good night to you guys. Thanks, right. brother. See you later. Yeah, we're going. Later, guys. Bye. Yeah, man. I, I, worked for, I worked for Black & Mac for so long, right? Their performance reviews were everything. Like, we broke everything down. What I wanted to learn, what they wanted me to learn. Yeah. And I, I just did one today for my apprentice at three months, and I said, I told him, I'm like, what do you want to, where do you want to be? Give me three examples of where you want to be and where, what I can do for you. And then I, and then I gave him three things for what I wanted him to do for me. Yeah. Right. And then, and then in six months, and when we hit your six month, then we'll, we'll review and see where you're at and we'll go from there. Right. Like compromise. it's important. We got to compromise. Important. We got to learn about each other. We got to work for each other. It's not just yeah. a one way street. Um, a lot of people just think that. I think that if people aren't unhappy with their company, the same as so when we're talking about management, I think we should go back to the workers mentality as well, because we all been there. Like yeah. I've been a worker mentality as well. And when I was somebody who was working under somebody, I, sometimes I do wish that I've had those conversations where they say, Hey, where do you, where do you see yourself? Like, what do, what do you need help on? What are the three things you need help on? Uh, this is what I wanted to do from you as well. I think if those conversations just create genuine, uh, connectivity with the company so that you can actually align yourself, you know, and I yeah. don't think enough people do that. And, and, you know, it works both ways. So now we're saying as a worker that it works that way, but as a management, you also have to know, you know, when somebody isn't working well, you got to think about, have you been doing that work to really reach out to say, how can I help you? And what are you actually looking for? Because a lot of people that start their businesses or they start managing, they just think, Hey, I'm a fucking manager. Yeah, I tell you, to fucking go clean that stack. You're gonna fucking go clean that stack. If you fucking complain, you're a little bitch. That's yeah. not how it's supposed to be. No, you know, it may, maybe back in the day it was, but it's not like that. People have options now, and that's why we want to talk about this. Yeah, because people don't it's know a, that at any point your apprentice, your journeyman, can leave you because it's, it's, it's not only about you clearing the stack. It's it's compromise too, though. You know what I mean? Like, hey, listen, man, I know this is a shitty job, but I really need you to do this for me. Like, I got you the next time. You know what I mean? They know, like, hey, 
I want this day. I can I have this day off? Yeah, man, no big deal. Thank you for helping me out this six times and before. You know what I mean? It's you scratch my back, I scratch yours. I understand this job is shit, but I need someone to do it, and you're the best back for it. Can you please get this done for me? Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean. That there's that saying that you know I've learned when I first started my apprenticeship. It's just that there's always going to be shit work, yeah. right? But somebody always. has to do the shit work. And it's what I explain as well. Like you know, if we have a lot of backflow testing, let's just say, somebody's yeah. going to say, "Hey, I'm fucking tired of backflows. I don't want to do backflows all the time." And you're like, "Dude, hear me out, right? Just because I'm fucking telling you to do backflows right now, think about how these contracts came to be." Did you, who do you think did those fucking 200 backflows a year for the past fucking four years before yeah. it got passed on to you to do it just for one year? Right fucking here. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, I, I did it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I did it, man. You have to yeah, know, like, you're not doing backflows. a shitty job, bro. It's just like, yeah, but when I did it, you're saying I make good money. But dude, we have all these incentives for you that if you finish quicker, blah, 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 you get this and that. And like, it, it happens, but when you finish all the shit jobs, there's not going to be any more shit jobs. There's going to be yeah. better jobs. Yeah. But a shit job is only dependent on your mentality, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and that's that's a big thing too. So I have my guys digging the last two days, and they're trying to find a sewer outside. And it was like it was deep, man. And they're hand digging. And like today, he was like, "Man, I can't find it. It says it's right here. I can't find it anywhere." And I went there and I like help locate it. And I'm like, it is there. I know it's there. Locator's right. And I said to him, like, I, I'm sorry, this is a shitty job, but like at the end of the day, it just needs to get done. And they're both like, fuck yeah, we're getting it done. Don't worry. And like, I had positive attitude. You could easily be a technician that's like, this sucks. I don't want to do this. Da, da, da. All of that negativity wears off on all the other guys around. And then all of a sudden, you're negative on every job you go on. You know what I yeah, mean? You, like don't, every, you don't want those guys. No, fuck, fuck that shit. I just want a guy that goes, like my guy, Charlie, I'm telling you, I will put him in the shittiest situations. He's like, let's get it. Like, and I love him for it because I, and, and I'll do anything for him. If he wants yeah. to learn in a, something else, I'll fucking, I'll bend over backwards to make sure that I get him that. Because I know I will throw him in the shittiest fucking spots and he'll just say, let's get it. Yeah. I'm like, it best. goes back to what we were saying. People need to know we've all fucking been there, man. We've touched shit. We've had shit in our face. We've been in those fucking ponds. We've been in the thumps. We've been in everything, right? Like, just gotta PS4. get it done. What, what Valve Man says over here, get her done. Get her done. Look at PS. He's like, this guy's always recording or fucking videoing while he's driving. Dude, I drive so much. What do you want from me? I have a good setup. We have a quick question here from uh, Dalco, so that we're going to reach into here. By the way, if yeah. you guys have any more questions, feel free to ask them because uh, we probably got 15, 20 minutes for questions, uh, or we're just going to keep going talking shit. But yeah. Dalco is asking, you know, how do you finally take the shot and start on your own? I don't know. I didn't really start on my own. My story is a little different. I, I was working in union. COVID hit. Turn on uh, the dome light. You're dark. Dome light, it's illegal to turn this on while you're no, driving, it's right? terrible, it's terrible. Turn it back off. <laughs> what about that one? No, nope, there we go. No, it's just the person. It's the person, it's the person behind the camera. <laughs> yeah. So um, I was union my whole career, man. And, I, and COVID came and like Alton District School Board was slow and they brought me back and they wanted me to work on solar farms and all this stuff. And my cousin actually owned a relic group and they were a general contractor. And uh, he's like, listen, I have a contract with Reliance. I need a plumber to run it, this and that. And to be honest, basically, he said, I want to give you a truck 
and money to spend. I just want you to build a plumbing division for us. And, and, and I was terrified. He had to come to me three times in an interview. And he's like, I'll offer you this much. I'll offer you that much. He finally gave me an offer I couldn't say no to. And I just jumped, man. Honestly, the scariest thing is making that jump. And that's the, that when it's worth it, it's scary. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. I'm sure yours was the same kind of thing. You're probably terrified to make the jump on your own. Like, how are you going to feed your family? How, or, how are you going to feed well, your I dog? I didn't have that yet. No, I'm a <laughs> yeah. little bit luckier. Like, I, I decided to take that shot when I just, I just felt like it wasn't worth my time anymore. I think that a lot of people, we always, we always talk about this. I think that the best way to start off is to kind of advertise yourself on the side. Um, not work out of your company's van, work out of your yeah. own vehicle, whether it's a shitty vehicle or not. I worked out of a Mazda 6. Yeah. And just start getting your own leads. Wait, wait, a Mazda 6? Yeah, man. I worked out of a Mazda 6 for a good year for all my side jobs. Never took How many, how many couplings are in your roughets? I don't know, man. I might have taken the company van maybe like two, three times. When yeah. I needed bigger shit done, yeah. uh, I'll try to I'll try to tell my old employer that. Um, but then, I, then then when you start having more people calling you, then you know you can take the lead. Then you can take the lead because you, you, sooner or later you're gonna get jobs that cover for a lot of it when you have a start and you find out that you're working a lot less. And yeah. That's when you kind of know you can take that take that shot to really start on your own. Yeah. Tough man, it's, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. And then you get to this part where you're talking about hiring, and then you're talking about your apprentices, and you're talking about the roles. And I think it it also applies to you when you do start your own business that you have to understand before you start your own business, you have to either know yourself very well that you can lead, yeah. or be in that position where you were leading before. Because I think the hardest thing for a lot of people is learning how to really lead a team. Yeah. You know, a business can be running for the past 10 years, 20 years, 15 years, and it could be only running for the thing. Not the same, but it could be a revolving store between three to four positions, and you're the guy who never changes as a position. But that's also because you haven't really learned how to manage. Right? Yeah. You still be making good money, but you won't be able to kind of replace yourself. And I think a lot of the books that everybody would read, I don't read books, but I know, you know, the golden rule is finding somebody to replace yourself for everything you do you don't yeah. like to do this replace yourself you don't like to do that replace yourself you need accounting yeah. done replace yourself um that those are the management things i think a lot of people need to really learn and touch on well like uh i think like you be you started your own business and you're a one-man show and then you finally decided you know what i have enough work i can hire an apprentice and then you hired a journeyman to replace uh, you so that you could focus on something else and like when did you get to the point like what year was it where you got to the point where you started having to think about doing performance reviews and you had to and you started thinking about leadership and you started that's, thinking that's about hilarious. proper you management know, it's funny how you asked me that because it's not well it's only within the past two years that i've been thinking about it's, that you know, like crazy, it, right? it doesn't, it doesn't come up to you right away. It doesn't come up to everybody right away. And that's why, like, if you're listening to this right now, and if you're one of the listeners, like you have to really think about that because that shit does creep up on you. And if you, if I knew that way beforehand, I might've been at fucking like eight fans, right? Yeah. Or fucking yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Or whatever it is. Like there's things that 
I'm not saying that I'm perfect that I already know. It's just, that's a process of learning. But sometimes when you sit into your podcast or you read some books, those things can help you a lot. And especially when you talk to people like in, in those certain roles, like so Karis, he's saying that personal development plans are huge. I only found that out in the past two years and I hadn't even started implementing it until this year. Right. Yeah. And so, it's crazy, man. And the thing is, that's, that's what this platform is so good at. You're learning so much from people who've already made those mistakes. Stop making the same mistake that other people have made. Just learn you from might, us. You literally look dark as hell now. Oh, I know. Mm. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's better. Yeah, well, it got dark here fast. It's only it got really dark. Yeah, it got dark really fast from behind you. But no, yeah, that's, that's, it's a great conversation what we talk about. If you guys have any questions about like learning how to manage and start to manage, I think you guys should bring all of that out because, you know, yeah. I could I could try to bring as much to the table as I can. But, you know, for me, it's, it's a development process. And I think moving up for everybody, that's a process that you have to either learn or you have to learn and improve on because you, you, do, you don't, you don't, you have to understand you can be the best guy who does the work out there. How yeah. many fucking years can you be on your fucking knee and oh, fuck doing the fucking same work all the time? We're not yeah. trying to say that we want to get you out of the field right away, but it's just that when there comes a time for everybody where you have a family, where you have kids, where you have uh, different obligations, where you really can't really be on the field anymore. And that's when those obligations, that's, that's when those responsibilities come in to yeah. really hone in on to learn about how to manage people. Yeah, your experiences, and then you then you learn how to, to run jobs, read the blueprints, and, and literally delegate. That is your job. Your entire job is to delegate. You're not on your knees on a ladder underneath a thing. You're not doing that no more. You're delegating. You're paid the same amount of money or more to delegate for six or seven guys. It's just, yeah. And one thing that really stuck with me, and I always talk to John Snyder about this, because honestly, he's a really smart business guy, and he does really well in Philly, but he's out in the field sometimes as well. Uh, but he always said to me, he's like, you could be the best plumber in the world, but if you don't understand your books, you're never going to be a successful businessman. So hire someone to do your books or learn how to do it yourself. 100%. You know what I mean? Like I could be the best plumber in the world. I could do, do the most magnificent plumbing shit ever, but you start a business and you don't understand how to manage, how to lead or how to your books or donor accounting, any of that stuff. You're not going to be successful. How are you going to be successful? Yeah, you can, so you can delegate. You know, be the best tech out there, but who the fuck cares at the end of the day, right? Like, people <laughs> yeah. come to you for all the help and all that shit. Like, and yeah. it's appreciative, and I love some people who, who know so much, but it's just that what is your goal at the end of the day? You, you have to know that you have to start climbing in a different view after that. It's not just yeah, going to exactly. be the same climb of being the best forever because there comes a time where you do get old. You know, yeah. funny enough to say, I'm young as hell still, but we will yeah. get old. I, man, I'm 35. I, I thought like I, ha I'm hardly on the tools anymore. Yeah. I, and to to be honest, it, I when I took this opportunity at Arella, I knew I was going to have a few hard years to build what we had. Uh, and then I got to the point where I I could be off the tools. I go on the tools when I want to go on the tools. You know what yeah. I mean? Like or when I need to go on the tools when we're really that busy. But like, you know, I I'm 35. I could be off the tool. But when I'm 45, I'm going to be running everything and never touch a tool again and get paid really good money. Yeah, and I'm still in an industry that I have a, a passion and appreciation for. No, so. 100%. You, you know what's my favorite tip I've been giving lately? 
What's that? When people say that with more responsibilities, there's more stress. And I had that question about how do you deal with that stress? I always tell them it's like the Hulk. The, yeah. the way the Hulk works and how he controls his anger is because he's always angry. Yeah, it's <laughs> so, true. So the same thing with stress. I tell my guys, you know, or I tell other people as they walk into management roles is how do you deal with that stress? You always feel that stress. And when you're always living in that stress, you'll find out that there's things that are less stressful and they're not as stressful as you think they are. Yeah. And that's how you kind of change your mindset to really get into the, the place of where everything that you've been worried about, everything that you've been stressing about is actually not that stressful. Because at the end of the day, you ain't gonna die. No, no, no. I, and you know, I, I think that the biggest thing for me was like coming off the tools and being out and, and managing and finding jobs and quoting and all this stuff was the stress. And it was hard to manage the stress. It was really hard at the beginning. And I've said a few times to my techs alone, I'm like, man, I would love to not, I'd love to be in a truck again and just like have my, all my responsibility for that day is getting the job that I have in front of me done. You know what I mean? Like, so many people don't know about that. They think the guy's sitting on this fucking chair. Is having yeah. the time of his life because there's some Instagram post where he's out for a dinner or he's out having fun. But yeah. you don't know that from that eight to fucking five, you know, when you're working and from that five to fucking 12 a.m. or 2 a.m. that I'm still working, that I'm yeah. still working. Yeah. You haven't even seen that side. And like, no. that that's the hardest for a lot of people to understand. Like, when you get into a management role as well, the stress increases, but how you deal with the stress is because now you have more flexibility in your schedule. It's that yeah. you don't have to work a nine to five. If you're a technician, sometimes you do, but you have to know that your fucking manager or your fucking owner or your boss is actually working fucking 12 hours a day or 14 hours a day, but you just didn't know at what time. Yeah. Like we're answering our we're answering our phones late at night. We're answering our phones early morning. And whenever there's a problem, we have to solve it. And and people are calling us to solve problems right then, like that. We need to have a we need to have a solution for them, right? Like that's that's difficult. That gets stressful too. Sometimes I'm just like, oh my god, stop calling me. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, dude, you know what's the funniest shit? Like, okay right at our shit, right? Yeah. But it's just like, people don't know it's as bad as, let's say you're getting it on, you're smashing. Yeah. Boom, fucking phone rings. And you're like, fuck, I have to pick this fucking phone up. Right, like that shit is for real. Yeah, that's just for real. And then after you, you take the fucking phone call and you're like, okay, we're fucking done. Yeah. You know, the mood's gone. But then you made some money. But those are sacrifices, right? I, a lot of people don't know that shit. I just gotta, I, I just gotta send the, the text. Send, call you in thirty seconds. Let me finish up. Thirty <laughs> seconds. <laughs> no, but if it's a customer, I'm saying, right? Like oh, sometimes yeah, yeah. you have to fucking nighttime calls, right? Yeah. Like people don't know that shit. Like it, yeah. it gets as real as that is what management really is. And you know, if you people want to make more and all that shit, going through all our conversations today. There are the sacrifices, there's the stress, but there's also the responsibility of, you know, allocating and delegating your jobs so that you can give it to the next people to take on those roles. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, that's our conversation today. And, and I think yeah. the most important one that, you know, we want to lean back on is personal development. Yeah. Yeah. yeah personal development is, is huge. Understanding where your weaknesses are and, and, and building on them.
that's that's great. I think that that's it for our for our show today. So if you guys found it interesting, if you guys have any more questions, you can always message me or Adam on our DMs. Thank you very much for coming out quickly talking shit today, episode twelve recap, keeping top talent, cutting the fat, personal development, uh, management responsibilities, and managing your stress. Great, great point today. Yeah, we, you know, we missed a few weeks, so we had a lot of topics. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's busy, man. Like, sometimes we, we would love it for every week. And if, if you guys have topics that you guys want us to talk about, we're definitely open to talking about those topics. But sometimes, dude, work just comes. And I think in, in two weeks, we probably won't be able to do one. But you'll see us live on uh, yep. our HPAC show where we're going to yep. be doing an educational build there. So. If you guys don't know already, hopefully you guys tune in for that. We're gonna try yes. to do some live videos. We're gonna have a lot of content on there. Um, if you live in BC, come by. If you don't live in BC, still try to fly by for one day events. Um, Adam and I are gonna be there and Philip Flynn and George and H and uh, Ben Poole from HVAC Tactical, HVAC Jess, and Daryl. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a fun time. It's oh, going to come up fast, too. It's, it's coming up fast, so fast, dude. I have so much shit to prepare. Like, it's not even funny. Oh, it's I bet. not even funny. I bet. I bet. And that's another side of people don't see. All the other bullshit. Just All the other bullshit. Yeah. Now, think about we're running one business, and then think about now I'm running two businesses. That's some yep. fucking jogging. <laughs> crazy. Delegate, bro. You got to delegate. Yeah. I can't delegate for <laughs> shit right now. It's just me. <laughs> It's just yeah. me. That's the worst part, you know. Now that we've done that whole strictly talking shit, but like when you fucking do a new company and you're trying to fucking delegate it all that shit, everybody also has to understand that first step is that I'm fucking back to wearing twenty hats again. Yep. But not for impetus plumbing and heating, but for the media side. Yeah, yeah, and, and you and it's and a lot of it is because your show is just in BC. Like if your yeah. show was here and we were closer together, you know, I, you know, I would help you. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people that help me, but you got. Yeah, if, you if got, we, you're on your own, bro. <laughs> like, yeah, if we have, if we have time for the next one, I think uh, if if we were allowed to do one for CMPX, I think we got a couple ideas for that. I don't think it'll be a, I don't think it'll be a build. Uh, I think it'll be something fun, something uh, relatable. Yeah. yeah, it'll be fun. All right. Awesome, man. Thank you guys for listening today. Find us next week for episode 13, if we're going to be on. Uh, we're always last minute, but if you, yeah. have, you get to hear it, great. If you don't, that's also great. But try to keep some time for 4.30 PST and 7.30 EST. See, See you guys. guys later. Yeah. Peace.